This is Chimo Chats, the podcast where we don't take ourselves and life too seriously. What are my peeps? What are my peeps? <laughs> right now, have we started? Um, yeah, when you're ready, go ahead and introduce okay. yourself. Mm, Tell okay, us what okay. you do and everything. My, my name is, uh, my name is Big Phil. Do I have to introduce myself? Do I have to introduce my, my government name? No. No, it's up to you. How do <laughs> you address you? <laughs> nah, I see. I used to have a problem with it, but now not not anymore. I used yeah. to have a problem with it. Yeah. So my name my name is Big Phil. My government name is Philip Casabo, and I go by the artist name Big Phil, which on 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 Spotify is Big Phil with no spaces. It's like capital B I G, then capital P H I L. Someone look. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that's me. I make music. I am, um, I am studying sound engineering. Trying to be a sound engineer by profession. I'm trying to be a qualified sound engineer. I want to do post production for movies and stuff like that. Um, what else? I am a producer. I am a mix engineer. I am also an artist and a songwriter. And the vocalist. Okay, so okay, before we even start, you said that you used to have a problem with people saying your full government name. Why is that? Because because my because my family is like my family name, there's only one Kazako, by the way. Yeah. Everybody who's Kazako is related to me. So, you know, my family is like my family already my family name already has a reputation of its own. Mm-hmm. I'm like I didn't want I wanted people to see me for who I am for me and my talent because immediately I could be in a certain space that I got myself into that space because of how talented I am or how good I am yeah. but then as soon as people hear my name they'll be like they'll start to like think maybe I got there just because of my name just because of just because of the family that I belong to and stuff so that's why I never used to like people I, I always I, I used to I used to all the radio interviews that I've done, if you go back and listen to them, you'll find that I was I I, I exclusively told them don't ask me about my government name. But then now I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. Like at the end of the day when you're dope, you're dope. Real yeah. recognize real and the people that know know. That's it. <laughs> so now I don't mind I don't mind anymore. It doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's valid really. I really get mm-hmm. that. Because mm-hmm. you are very talented. You're, you're very talented for real. Like. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you. Um, so, how is your, before even getting to it, how are you today? Like, how is your mental health? How is everything today? How are you feeling? I, I am, I am good. I think you've caught me at the right time because I'm feeling very open right now, you know. I might end up like, <laughs> I might end up getting into detail about some things. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I haven't been good. I haven't been good for some time, but then recently, I think for the past, I think for the past month or, or two is when things kind of like, you know how things intensif- intensify and then they start to calm down and yeah. then you start to gain perspective. You start to sort out certain things that were bothering you. But yeah, I was, I was, I've been, I've been going through it like from, I don't know where to start, but it's, I just feel like, I can't even say the last year. It has to be like the last 
three, four, five years of my life have just been mm. crazy. Been at least, at, and it's just been piling up. It got to the point where I, I didn't feel free creatively. It was starting mm. to affect my creativity and how how I put out work or how I work and stuff like that. But now, right now, for the past let's say two months, I've been. I don't know if it's part of growing up or just finding myself or rediscovering myself or whatever, but I feel I feel so much better now. I'm in a better space now. Because there's just I've I've seen a bunch of stuff, like things that people wouldn't even believe. Like I I I had to go through this whole thing where I moved houses when I was in Cape Town. Because I'm yeah. in Malawi right now. I'm returning to Cape Town soon to go finish my 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 sound engineering. But I was I was I was in Cape Town and I moved houses. So I'd been staying in this house for a year and my lease was done. So I had to move to a new house. So I moved to a new house and then I was there for two weeks and then after two weeks one of my housemates he like he he OD'd and he what? died in his room. And he was he was dead in his room for like for like three days or something and I could I could smell it, you know, like yeah. that was a very traumatic experience for me. And there was a whole bunch of other personal stuff going on. You know, when they say when it rains, it pours. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> that time, nothing was going my way. I was just like, you know what? This whole world, I know people are going through it, but right now, <laughs> nothing can get me. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not nothing, but like I'm, I must be. Up there, yeah, be up there. Uh, a lot of people don't go through that. Like, hey, that what was, the hell? Was, it was crazy. It was a whole thing, you know, and it was, hey, it was tough. It was so much, so much has just been happening. My laptop got stolen. I lost a whole, a whole collection of unreleased music. I lost about maybe three, four projects. What EPs, EPs, and like beats and like at that time i was on fire i was really on fire i was really gaining my momentum again i was learning so many new things and then there was this one day i was recording with my friend and we recorded some until like um we recorded to like the ams yeah and so i went to bed and i left my laptop in the kitchen and then my friend fell asleep in the living room. So it was like, it's like an open space where, you know, one of those open spaces where like the living room is kind of attached to the kitchen. There's no like doors. It's just like yeah. a big kitchen. A big yeah. room, couch. Yeah. So I woke up the next day at like 7 a.m. So I went to bed at like 4 a.m. I woke up at like 7, 6, 7. And then I, I go to the kitchen. I don't see my laptop. Only my laptop is missing. And then I go back. I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I, I took my laptop to my room. And I left everything else here because my mic was there. My sound interface was there. Yeah. And then I wake up my friend and then he wakes up. He's like, yo, my phone is missing. You know? And then we go outside and then we realize the, the door, the main door is open or whatever. So someone must have just like jumped over the fence, walked in, grabbed the laptop on the corner and left. You know? Yeah. It was mad. It was mad. So, Mm-mm. but now I feel like I'm at the point where people were telling me, you know how when you're going through it, people yeah. are telling you things like, um, everything happens for a reason. Like you know, <laughs> but then now, 
when I feel like that's the worst thing to tell somebody when they're ask, when they're going through it. You just have to wait. Like, you have to that, wait. The time. Tell you me. Wait, you know. Yeah. Like right now is when I feel like those words are now making sense because now I'm like, you know what? I had to go through that. Like I can't explain it right now why I had to go through that, but I feel like it was preparing me for a certain level of strength and mental stability. It was mm. preparing me to be more unshakable, to not be because life always throws things at you, you know. And I feel like now I feel like I can withstand a, a, a storm, a, a nicely sized storm from <laughs> me for me, you know. I feel like now. I move more, I navigate more smoothly through life because of the things that I've seen, the things that yeah. I've been through have prepared me for for all of this, for whatever is about to happen or whatever's whatever's happening right now. Yeah, I don't even remember the question you asked me, but yeah. Oh no, I was asking you how you are mentally and you're telling me now yeah. you're in a space. And you're just yeah, explaining some of the things that could have that made you be all over the place. Yeah, now I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a better space. Like now, um, I, 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 I was, I was, I was, cause I'm, I'm, I like reading. I like reading. Yeah. I don't read as much as I, I wish I did. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always like asking, asking God and praying that I should, I should have the appetite, more appetite for knowledge. Like right now, I'm a very curious person and I read a lot, but I wish I could have read more. I wish I had. I wish I was more disciplined and read daily type of thing. Like I'll read, maybe I'll read like two books in like eight weeks and then I won't read for like three months. <laughs> so I, I, I read somewhere. It was talking about desires and things mm. that you want. Once things, the things that you want and the things that you want to want, you know, sent me into a, a spiral of like trying to, trying to like, Trying to understand a lot more about myself, like what 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 are the things that I used to cope? What are the things that? So now I I think I I, I have to give credit to me being in a better place. Yeah. I have to credit realizing that some things that I like I like them because they help me cope with let's say stressful situations or when I feel anxious I have to do certain things or I, I end up doing certain things when I. Right now, I've been, I've been sober for like, I've been sober for like three weeks. It's going to be three weeks tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like, I hope, I hope I can keep it going like that because I've been in a much more clear state. I've been in a clear state and it's made me realize that when I'm in a clear state is when I'm most creative because that's when I'm most aligned with my purpose. When I don't, when I cut out all the distractions, I have no choice but to do the things that I was made to do. Yeah. So, for me, and, I, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this is what works for everybody. That's also one thing you. that I'm you can't. Yeah, yeah, but for me, that's what works. So, I think it's important to really pay attention to the things that you want and where you're trying to go, what you're trying to do. I think when you when you do that, it helps you realize the things that work for you like for me i realized that sobriety. yeah how did it all begin like how did big feel become the this artist that you are today when was the moment when, be- when you're like yeah music is for me definitely the moment 
the moment that I, the moment that I was like music is for me is not the mm. moment that I started making music. No, yeah, I started making music when I was young. I started making music when I was like, I think this must have been how old is I? I was eleven. Wow. And I remember that was the first time that I had traveled outside of Africa. I went to the U.S. with my family, with my dad and my brother. Actually, it was just my dad and my brother, mm. and. I remember I had these cousins, my cousins and Albert and Davis and Albert, he had, I think it was, it must have been Garage Band. I don't know what it was, but basically you could put together samples, like sounds. You could take drums and put, find a melody and they'll just put everything together for you and stuff like that. So that's, that's when, that's when I, I think that's when my interest grew for, for things like that. Yeah. And like I was, it just fascinated me that like, oh, so this is how people, this is how people put things together and stuff like that. So I was like, ah, this is dope. So that's the first time that I started. And then after that, I started to play around with Fruity Loops. That time it was called Fruity Loops. It wasn't called FL Studio like it is today. And then when I started playing around with Fruity Loops, I think I used it from the age of like, when I started like 11, 12, until Maybe thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen, and I used to make beats, and I remember we used to make beats and sell them to like juniors. That time I was an intermediate, like I was, I was, you know, not like a senior, but like I was like level below seniors. Yeah. So we used to make beats and sell them to these kids and stuff. And then, and then I remember I used to make beats with the guy. I used to make beats with AJ. With Aku, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but those are the guys that I really used to, we really used to make beats with. Be out there playing around with yeah. FL Studio and stuff like that. I remember Aku, actually, I think Aku gave me the first copy of FL Studio that I have, the first copy of Food Loops that I had. And I remember we made a beat that I still have to today that I feel like one day I'm still going to do something with it. But we were so young. But, and then I stopped. So I stopped. This was, I was in year nine or ten when mm. I stopped. Right before IGs. Oh, yeah. And then, so I stopped and then I just lost interest and then years went by. But then I had started to build a little bit of a reputation at that time as a producer. So when I went to Malaysia, I met Abdul. Abdul was like, yo, um, cause I found him there. I found him in Malaysia and he was like, yo, you know, you're going to have a lot of free time here. So you need to like pick up some ho- some hobbies, you know? Yeah. And that time I used to, I used to love, I used to love playing FIFA. I used to play FIFA a lot. I used to play FIFA with this, this, this friend of mine. His name was John from Tanzania. All I wanted to do was go to school, come home, play FIFA. Go to school, come home. Play FIFA. <laughs> like I obsessively play FIFA. Yeah. And then Abdul was always coming to me like, Hey, yo, hear this. I mean, this beat and I'll be there. I'll be trashing him. Like, I said, this is trash, bruh. Like, what is this, bro? Like, I'll just be so much smack. And then he would be like, I say, this he used to make beats. I say, then show me, I say, what, what? Show me how to do the beat, exactly. Show me, yeah. Since, since you're just out here talking, you know, you can't just talk. You need to show me as well, huh? You can't just sit here, just be talking trash. And then you're not even doing anything about it. And then what happened was, eventually one day Abdul made this beat and it was dope. But the drums were, were off. You know, I was like, no, 
So like I used to be really good at drums back then. I don't know what happened. Now I'm not so good at drums. Now it's like I'm I'm better with melodies than I am with drums. But anyways, that's that's more um that's that's a more technical conversation. But yeah. Yeah. So I was like I was like, let me do the drums for you. So I did the drums. Hey. And I remember what, what what happened was before that, he would actually he would take my laptop and he would install FO Studio and I'd be like, bro, why are you putting this thing on my on my laptop, bro? Me, I don't make music, bro. Like what this is why, why, why? Like I, I was just, I was just annoyed by the idea of it. I was just like, but this guy. And then that day I put the drums and then I became this, you know? Like I just I started and then I was just tweaking drums and then we tried to sell that beat because we're like I said this beat is done. We tried to sell it and then no one was buying the beat. You know? No one was understanding yeah. the idea of the beat. So we're like, you know what? <laughs> you guys you guys don't want to don't buy our beats. We're like, yeah, we're gonna use these beats, okay? We're gonna use these beats ourselves. So we, we made we we made a song. I remember the song was titled Horizon. And I sent it to AJ. AJ put a verse out. And that time AJ didn't even have equipment. He was recording using his his headset, his headset mic. Wow. So we did that and then the song got a little bit of hype. And I remember that time we used to be like, yo, if we get more than fifty plays, then we're good. (laughs) We don't need to like you know, that's something to celebrate. You know, fifty plays, bro. It's a lot Uh, at the time. uh, I mean yeah, that means people are listening. It's crazy because now, now we get like fifteen thousand plays on a, on a project, and like like Manjali Mata now the remix has like seven thousand five hundred, and just that's just Spotify. Yeah, it has seven thousand five hundred plays on Spotify, and the original has like five thousand something, six thousand now I think. But I don't I don't look at numbers. I'm not I'm not yeah. at numbers. I don't care. Numbers are very demotivating. They can get into your head. Very easily. There's so many factors that people should consider before they start looking at numbers. But anyways, mm. so after that, it was just like Abdul put me on his EP. I remember I did this song called Thinking, and then I did my first song, my first song, like my own own first song. It was called I Was the One, very emotional love song, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I was I was at that time I was dating this girl. I'm not, obviously I'm not gonna mention her name, but I was dating this girl and like she was my muse for the longest time. She was my muse, you know? She was my muse for the longest time. Like before we started dating before I started making music. So I I started making music after I started dating this girl. I remember this girl, she had an ex that used to make music. And yeah. the ex was upset with her and he always used to make music for songs for her. And the songs were dope and I was always so like Nigga. <laughs> 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 I don't even think I don't even think he was an ex. He was just like a dude that was obsessed with her. You know, he was just there still, like never he gonna. Yeah, yeah, he was just obsessed with her type thing, like ah, but so yeah, I think that's 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 how I started making music, and after that, I just never stopped. I never stopped. I remember the obsession got so bad that on weekends I would. I would wait, uh, as soon as I, I, I get off school on Friday, mm. I would start working at, let's say, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. I start working. And you know, in Malaysia, the sun used to set quite late. Yeah. You know? So I'd start working and it would be bright outside. And then I would work, I'd work, I'd work. The sun would set and the sun would rise and I'll still be working. And I'll go to sleep. I'll go to sleep at like 8 a.m., 9, 9 a.m. on Saturday. 
and then I'd wake up again at four, and then at four from four until the sunset. Because I, I love watching the sunset to the day. It's such an it's it's me looking at the sun. I think the same feeling people get when they look at somebody that they really like is the feeling that I get when I look at the sunset. <laughs> It's, a, it's an emotional moment for me. I, I really like watching the sunset. So I, I would watch the sunset and I would tell myself that like, okay, as soon as the sun sets, you're going into the studio, you're going to start recording and you won't stop until you've got something, you know? Yeah. So even days when I had like writer's block or whatever, you know, I was even a part of the bandwagon that used to be like, ah, guess writer's block is a myth. You guys, you guys are. But then now I've really faced writer's block and it's like, it's not a myth, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. So yeah, that's how I started making music. That's that's game before. So what was the gap about though? You say you started making music since you were eleven, and then you take a gap. Yeah. Why? The gap. That was the fact that you even said like when you'd hear about music, it was annoying you. Like, why are you putting this into my? Why? Okay. Why, what what led to that? Okay, there there are different factors that. Yeah. contributed to the gap like there are some personal issues that were happening in my life and yeah. you know in my life and personal not meaning that it was all me but it was also the people in my life certain things were just changing too quickly so mm. you know actually just I, I i barely have memories of that time in my life of what happened in that time in my life like I'm just blank from the time from I can remember year seven. I can remember yeah. year eight. But like year nine, ten. I can't remember much from those years. I think there was just some traumatic experiences mm. that have that I obviously I can't I can't maybe in the future one day I'll be able to yeah. I don't think I can talk about them right now. But like it was it was mad. My life was really crazy. For 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 yeah, uh, fourteen, thirteen, fifteen year olds, those the things that are were going on. So I think that also I lost interest in a lot of things. I used to love hockey. I used to play hockey a lot. Yeah. I used to love football. I used to love playing football a lot. But then it's like I became a very isolated person during those years. You know, I withdrew mm-hmm. from a lot of things. You know, I would be indoors most of the times and stuff like that. So. That's what happened. So I think from then and then after that, it was just like now life was getting real because now you have to pass your IGs and then exactly. I did A-levels as well. You have to pass your A-levels and then you have to go to university. So now it's like now life, it's like you, you're brought back to reality now, like after shutting down. And then now it's like you're trying to grasp all these things. And then you're trying to rediscover yourself. You're trying to find out who you are again and what you like, what you enjoy doing. And stuff like that, because I feel like if I, I would have been an artist much earlier if certain things didn't happen. Didn't but who happen. knows? Maybe I wouldn't have been an artist. Maybe, maybe those things needed to happen for me to be the artist that I am today. You see? Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's what happened in those years when when I completely lost interest in music. And I remember my my friend because I used to make music with AJ a lot. And he's, I don't know if I should mention this. Do you think he's gonna? But anyways. AJ got, got, he, okay, he moved schools. I want to put it like that. He moved schools. Yeah. <laughs> he moved schools. He, he was forced to move schools. And then it was just like, ah, now my, my homie, my homie is no longer here. And it's just like, ah, you know? 
Home alone yeah. Was yeah, it was that type of situation. So everything just put everything to a full stop. Mm, mm. Okay, so the first album that I could find from you is um is for you and yours, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a heavily romantic album from 2018. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's from 2018. Love, yeah, 2018, yeah. But I have, I had projects before for you and yours. That before 2018. Only, before 2018. Those are the projects that only like, hey, you really have to be a from day, day one to know. Because I had, my first project was Chrysalis. Was Chrysalis, which was like Chrysalis. Okay. You won't you won't find it on streaming platforms. That's why maybe that's why a lot of people don't yeah, know. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I started. I deleted. It's embarrassing. It's trash to me. Some people, <laughs> some people still ask me about it today. Like, yo, what happened? So I did Chrysalis, then I did Long Days, Late Nights, then I did For You and Yours. For You and Yours is the one that I popped off of. So For yeah. You and Yours is the one that I got a lot of hype off of. You know. And yeah, so so yeah, go on with your question. Well, how can we find the your the albums before that though? It, we can't, so that's why I don't know. Saying. I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even know where you can find them. Maybe SoundCloud. Okay, I doubt. Maybe. I doubt even. Yeah. Mm, uh. Okay. <laughs> uh. What did love look like back then? Because this album is a heavily romantic album, but it's like romance from p- different points of views. For you and yours was. It started off because I was working on another project, right? I was mm-hmm. working on another project. The project was called I Chose. And I chose, the, the theme was like, for I Chose was like, I was trying to, I was really trying to go beast mode, you know? I was, yeah. trying, to, I was trying to go hard. I had yeah. So I had worked on it so obsessively for so long. Uh, it, 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 it became annoying to my ears. Like I just couldn't stand it anymore. So 2018, I met Robbie J. Yeah. Which is, by the way, this is, for you and yours is not just me. It's me and Robbie J's project. Yeah. Because of Dude made all the beats, I believe. If, if my memory serves me right, yeah. He made all the beats. Yeah. So, that time, uh, I was really in love. Like, I was, I was very, I was very, like, I had a lot more trust in people. And I, and I, and I was, I was really in love with an amazing person who, was worth being trusted, you know? Yeah. And it was like, you know, like she was, she was my first serious girlfriend type thing. And she was still is a very gorgeous girl. Like she was just the sweetest person and bossy. But then there was a lot. Cause like there's like Nkazi, there's like sweet love. Mm. There's like, because I threw yeah. all the rain. I tried, which I like, like yeah, from yeah. different perspectives. Yeah, so I tried is like a, a heartbreak song, and so I tried. So let me tell you something. I'm a very dramatic person. I'm a very dramatic person who thinks. Okay, so the day that I wrote, I tried. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a day that like, so I, I had been talking to this girl. Like I was talking to my girlfriend the day before. And then my then girlfriend the day before. And then the next day. So she went offline at like 8 p.m. or something like that. And then she was offline the whole time. And then the next day she was offline. And then I was like, damn, this is over, isn't it? 
<laughs> I was like, this is the end. I was like, no way. I can't believe she's doing this to me. And I was sick at the time. I remember I recorded that song. I had a flu when I recorded that track. Like, my, my nose was, was blocked. And, then, and that was the day that Robbie J, it was like, I think it was the week Robbie J arrived in, in, in Malaysia. So I wrote that song because I was mad. I was like, you know what? I tried, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're literally saying I deserve better. So you mean to tell me it's because uh, it wasn't exactly. true thing? <laughs> exactly. So it's not like it's not like. But you know, you know the crazy thing is. Yeah. So the the next day she came back online. She's like, "Oh, my phone. Her phone was broken. Like her phone was broken." So, and you know, this was a long distance relationship, you know. Uh, and yeah, so now I'm there. I'm like, e, I've already written the song." I've already overreacted there. Left her so many messages, you know. <laughs> I used to be the type of person. I used to be the type of partner. Would it? You fall asleep, I say, trust, best believe, next morning, you're going to find maybe 30 texts, I say. Because <laughs> you haven't replied. Because you haven't replied. Because you You know? <laughs> but, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a full human with a full range of emotions. Like, I really go in. Like, I really... <laughs> So yeah, so the next day, day I, uh, but you know the crazy thing is, I've never written about something that either didn't happen or didn't end up happening later. Uh, so it's either, mm. so at this time, um, this album, would you say, which one song can you say, Goody? I didn't experience that myself, but I wrote it from, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I wrote it from someone outside looking in. Oh, approach okay. So approach we wrote approach because my my homie that time Doug Dougie he's on the song as well yeah so he he used to be obsessed with this girl and he always used to talk about her and then we're like I see we're tired of you talking about this girl you know where she stays you go to the same school you meet her at the bus stop you know you know what if you don't go and ask her for a number <laughs> if you don't approach her and ask her for a number you're not allowed to ever bring her up again you know, and Dougie at that time, he was like our leader, you know, he was like the, he was like, he was the oldest and he was the one that used to get us gigs, he used to get us shows and stuff like that. He's yeah. the one that, he taught me how to perform stage presence and all of that. Even though I, I still know that right now I still have a lot to work on, but what he taught me, where he got me from and where he yeah. left me, he, he took me far. So that time I was like, well, like I say, bro, you, you act like you're the OG and stuff like that, telling us, ah, you young boys don't know anything, what, what, acting like you have games. Go and ask him. So he went and he knocked on her door, <laughs> on our apartment door. And then her friend came. And then, I can't, I can't remember the exact details. But then it was something like, the friend came and then he asked for her name. And then she, he's like, can I have your number? And then she said no. And then she closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the key. That's when we wrote that song. <laughs> so that's the one song. That's the one song. You know, that's the one song I can say. Because even when I listen to it today, I'm like, this doesn't have my heart in it. My heart wasn't in that song. Like, yeah. okay, I wrote something decent, but I'm like, this is a weak verse. Maybe people liked it, whatever. But then to me, I'm like, this is a weak verse because ah, I wasn't really in it like that. It wasn't my, my, my story to bear. Otherwise, everything else. Are things that I have seen and like seen and been like emotionally invested in. Like Runaway was yeah. Runaway. Pe- I don't know what people think Runaway is, but Runaway is about GBV. It's about gen- gender-based violence. Yeah. 
Yeah, because um, that's what I saw it as well. Like you were trying to save someone. It's mm. from things that I've seen that I was a part of. I was, I was, I had a first. What do they call it when you when you when you're there when it's happening? Like you're an eyewitness of these things. Yeah, happening, you know, you had first. Yeah. yeah. Then it, it it was at a point where you're growing up, and then you're starting to see how it affected the person long term. You know, like. People can lose their lives. People can, people can go mad. So many things can happen because of such thing. It's a ripple effect. But you start to see as a kid, you're like, damn. If you start to see that like everybody else who was involved is happy, except from that person who was the victim, and they're not happy, and they've ruined their whole life because of that one thing that they they should have they should have run away. They should have put themselves first. But I I also understand that it's hard. It's difficult. You can't just up and leave, you know. Yeah. All of us here have been in situations where we wish we could have just up and left, but we couldn't because, you know, this is life. Life is a whole thing. There's so many moving parts. You can't just unplug yourself and go. So, um, run away for me was like that, and for Tuzi as well, it was. I can't speak for him, but it was also from from things that he had seen. So. These are some of the realest verses that Tuzi and I have ever written. It's crazy because we did it, and the time we did it, we did it just because we wanted. I think Tuzi has always been more of a superstar than I have. Like naturally, Tuzi has yeah. more quality than than I do. I, like I know that. Like him, he he really he really believes not only believes, but he he's he he's it's just who he is. He's a superstar. He's always been in the limelight, you know. Uh, football and everything, you know, he's always been that guy. Like, yeah. so for him, I think he knew that the song is gonna be, it's gonna be something, it's gonna do something. Yeah. But then for me, and when we did the song, both of us, we were just in a place where we we were just, we were, we were telling somebody that we saw in that situation that like, okay, I say I see you, I I saw what you went through, and I know that it was hard for you or whatever, you know. And we're doing that song so that. It may somehow someone somewhere also who's a victim of something similar, any sort of abuse, you know, just um, violence, like physical violence or whatever, any sort of abuse that you you should you, it should be in the back of your mind. Could I say run away? Like that should be a. We were trying to cement that concept in people's minds. So yeah. yeah, and I remember when we when we wrote that song. Abdul was making the beat at the time that, and I was just freestyling, and I was with Roby J, and we we're freestyling, and um, and yeah, I was just like run away, run away, can't fight it no more. So I was saying the run away, run away, and then Roby J would come and can't fight it no more. For me, it was just run away, run away. So that's how that's how um connected, uh, that's how aligned our 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 cosmos where me and Robbie J that's how jailed we were that time. But he, I could say half a line and he could finish the rest. You know? And yeah. it's the same thing with the with the even I'm Because yes. at first uh, it wasn't it wasn't he wasn't putting it seriously. Like him he was just messing around. But then for me, I think that's also my some of my qualities as a as a session engineer. I'm always mm-hmm. listening out to whatever's happening in the room. It also comes with being a very anxious person. <laughs> Always listening <laughs> out to what's happening in the room. And then you hear something, you're like, ah, I like that. 
do, do that again. Do it again. Yeah, and then we expand on that. And when we did that song, it was just like, ah. Especially Robbie J and I. Robbie J and I was just like, ah, so it's just, it's fun. Let's do it just because we can do it, you know? You know? And yeah. it, it ended up creating, contributing a lot to the theme of the, of the project. Yeah. It made the project strong, you know? And yeah, that's, that's how, that's how Runaway, that's how we made Runaway. And that's that about Runaway, you know? Describe a perfect day when you create a perfect song. For me, the perfect, um, for me, I, I can make songs in different environments, but in terms of efficiency. So when I think of the days that I made the best song are the days when my mind was clear and I was aligned with my purpose in the sense that, um, I wasn't distracted by social media. You know, like me, I'm, I'm very much a, a TikTok addict, you know, <laughs> addicted to TikTok. Like yeah. I'll, I'll get my TikTok report on, on a Sunday and it would tell me what I spent uh, 19 hours. Okay. Recently I've been dropping it early. <laughs> I'm working on that. So but my recent one was nine hours, nine hours. Uh, at least, at least <laughs> I'm, 19 hours is crazy. <laughs> But I'm trying to drop it. I'm trying to drop it to like I want it to be like I want it to be like two hours a week. You know, three hours a week. That's that means you spent at least thirty minutes on TikTok that day. You know, that's proper. You know, I, I the 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 problem with me and TikTok is that I use TikTok to distract myself when I'm sad or when I feel like I'm, I'm under too much pressure. I just yeah. keep TikTok and I just I just know, but eventually I'll find something that'll either make me laugh or I don't know. Make you forget at least. Uh, will make me forget. A perfect day that I've written a perfect song will be a day where I am I'm very undistracted. Like I I I am sober when I'm sober and I am I've been reading, I've been exercising and and I don't have to be completely sober, but let's say I'm not drinking for reasons. You know, you drink for reasons. It's different. <laughs> it's a different type of drinking. <laughs> but like, hey, when you drink for but, reasons, you're drinking to die. Please, like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you wake up the next day, you're hanging. You know, mm. for me, that's not the... Okay, sometimes I have created some stuff when I was hanging because I was just like, ah, I didn't have energy to go anywhere or do anything. Or so it just forced to be on my computer. And I was just maybe making beats and then I ended up coming up with something. But those are not when I make my best songs, you know, the song Banjali Mata, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and also those best days, it doesn't mean those are the days when I'm happy or whatever. It's just the days when I'm taking care of myself. Those are the days that I make the best songs. So, for example, the day that I made Banjali Mata, at that time, I was going through a horrible breakup, you know? I was going through a terrible, terrible breakup. That breakup, yes, that breakup, it almost finished me. breakup. <laughs> It almost ended me. And then, you know, I remember that time it was like I had, I got to a point where I was tired of being down and sad about it, you know, you know, and I was like, no, it was not even like I was tired of being down and sad. I was just like, I was tired of being reminded of it, of thinking about it. So I decided to go off social media. And then since I was off social media, I was like, you know, I'm just going to be reading or whatever. You know, I would go for walks sometimes, but I wasn't really going out to socialize like that. You know, I was very isolated and stuff. And I think that gave me 
space. Like it kind of cleared my mind, sort of. So I ended up, I ended up recording, I ended up recording the, I ended up writing. I remember Abdul sent me the beat in the morning and I wrote that song in like six hours or something. And, and I wrote it, wrote it, mixed it, mastered it. Actually, we were, I was writing it together with Ntangwaniga. I don't know if Ntangwaniga was still my manager then. Was she? No, I think she wasn't my manager anymore that time. Yeah, but at some point she was my manager. And then I remember she just started, she, she, she helped me write. She's actually credited. If you go, on Spotify and go to the writers, you find the entire credit on that song. She, she, I remember she was, I, and I remember writing it. And when I first got the beat, I was like, this sounds like a wedding song. So, but then I'm not in the space to write a happy wedding really, song. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, I wrote it. And yeah, uh, that's how Banja Limata came to be. So, for me, a perfect day when, when I write a perfect song, not a perfect song, but when I write best, when I'm at my best is when my mind is clear. I'm not distracted. I'm not, you know, I'm not anxious. I'm not, I'm disciplined. When I'm disciplined, you know, I, I really, I reap the fruits of discipline a lot. Yeah. And that's a power that I want to exercise more going forward from now on. Now that I'm actually seeing clearly that like, yo, when I'm disciplined, I actually do get things done. I actually, I'm aligned with my purpose. I get to do what I want more, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the that's a that's a perfect day. In, in, that's in, a perfect day for a perfect song. For a perfect day, to write a good song. So Banjari yeah. Mata, there's no bitterness in the song. It's like you're just looking back as someone, like from a hindsight perspective, could I, yeah. Mm. Relationships mm. end, comma. Yeah. So what happened with that song was that um, I was I was dating this girl and our relationship ended. But then it was like it ended in the worst way. Okay, that's the that's the worst breakup that I've I've experienced. Uh, and it was a, it was to a point where like at the end of the day I couldn't be that mad at her because I had I still had a good time. You know, she was still she, it was lovely. Most for the most part the relationship was good. Yeah. It's only towards the end that things got really, 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 really bad. Because we broke up and then she did me dirty and then she blamed me for doing me dirty. Wait, so she blamed I, you for, <laughs> for doing you dirty. dirty. Yeah, which which really messed with my mind. You know, like it really yeah. messed me up. There was, there, was, there was a whole, it was a whole bunch of manipulation going on. Making me think that like I have this serious problem that but then later on, only you find out that, you know, there was, there was things, there was things going on. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, ah, but then again, I was like, ah, yeah, things went south and everything, but this girl, she was so kind. You know, she used to get along with my, with my, with my friends and she was a vibe. She was generally a vibe and she was, she was, she was nice. She was supportive and nasty. That's it. So at the end of the day, I was mad at her, but I, I still had the very, lovely mem- memories of our relationship and everything so every time that i looked back i would be like ah. you know like yeah the, the relationship ended but like you know like i would never get back with you but i still kind of i still cared about her like i still loved seeing her achieve and still loved seeing her do her thing accomplish the things that we used to talk about and stuff like that so that's when I, that's where that song that's the 
place where the song came from. It came from a place where I was like, okay, Manjali Matagumaji wanted to Exactly. Like we may have we may have picked names for our kids. That shows <laughs> that we were in love. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah. You know, like everywhere, like me and this girl would go. We, we used to go everywhere together. Like you know the things that I say in that song. That's one song that I can say. There was no line in that song that was exaggerated. Everything that I said in that song was true. Because, Are you serious? Apart from, apart from the fact that you know, we're gonna get married. Like, this is it. I found my soulmate. Yeah, so that's why that song is the way it is. <laughs> because I'm like, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how everyone else has experienced dating or relationships. Uh, but for me, when I, like, I'm like, there's some, there's some people, some exes, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it ended, but I'm glad that they met you. I, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too forgiving or whatever, but like, I'm just Is that like, a lot? yeah, you, does yeah. it happen a lot where you're like, yeah, I'm glad I met you? I th- yeah, I think I'm just grateful to have met the people that I've met. I've met some really nice people. It's just unfortunate. Okay, that the the breakup that made me write Banjali Mato was the only breakup that I I went through that ended, and I can fully say it wasn't my fault. Yeah, that one I could say I I I had no I didn't play a part in that, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, the other ones I'm like mm, I can see how that went wrong. I can see how that went wrong, you know. Yeah. So how do you like end a relationship when you're still in love with someone? What do you mean? Like, mean, how do you know you should leave? Like, like a situation because yeah, it's like. But now that you're explaining it, it's like, it wasn't you that ended it. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person who struggles to leave situations. I have to be rescued from toxic situations. Okay? If you ever see me in a toxic situation, you better know, Woody, I, I do not know that it's toxic. Like, I may <laughs> see the things, I may notice and I may, but I don't know that it's toxic situations. You're going to have to, I'm, I'm a very delusional Person. Lover boy. Oh. So I, I always end up creating more good than bad reasons to be with somebody. Like I always, I truly believe in people. Like I've always been the type of pe- person that believes that no matter how bad somebody is, is there's always some good in there somewhere. <laughs> I think that's the whole point of being in so, love. If you're not, if you're not delusional, then what are you doing? I don't, I don't think just to be delusion. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think for me, okay, now, now that I'm, I've, 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 I'm where I'm at and I've gone through the things that I've gone through, I'm at the point where I believe that if you meet somebody that has found themselves and knows what they want and you know what you want and mm. you both on the same path, you have to be on the same path. Like, you need to meet somebody. If you're all, all about self-improvement and all of that stuff, you need to meet somebody that's also about that. If you're about, if you're about building uh, extra, like you want to build so much wealth and that's the life that you want, you want to work so hard, you have to be about the same things. 
You know, yeah. that's the only way that that's the only way I think these things can work. Otherwise, yeah, there's always a misalignment somewhere. Yeah, and people and some people end up lying to themselves in the relationship, trying to make it work, isn't it? Mm, mm. Okay. Mm. So. Since Banjali Mata is a, pro, um, a song from Phases, let's talk about Phases. And, and, and. So, okay, okay, Phases is like a change or a development yeah. as a person. Eh? So, yeah. what challenges do you think you've faced that that have um, forced you to develop as a musician or as feel? And how do you always overcome or are still overcoming some of those challenges that you're facing or still or have faced? This is the question. This is the question that ish, it made my, my, my heart drop the first time that you asked it. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this question, this question, this is, this is one of the deepest questions that have been asked in my life. Serious. Uh, because, yeah, because the challenges are many. And, yeah. um, how do I put this? I'm like, I'm at the point where I've struggled with a lot of things, you know, like I've struggled with a lot of things. Um, I, 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 people, you know, people say, um, focus on running your own race or whatever, but I always yeah. get the feeling that I'm, I, I should have accomplished a lot more than I have in my life right now, you know? And sometimes I look and I'm like, I went through this and this, 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 which made it hard for me to cope with certain things, right? But then I think I, I grew up in the sort of environment where I've been convinced that the things, those things are excuses. So it's always hard for me to to be like, okay, these are the challenges that I face because it's hard for me to even define what a challenge is, you know? It's just, now these are just things that just happen, you know? The, the one thing that I've really held on to and used to cope over time is, is making music. Making music has made me understand what I'm going through more than anything else, you know. That's, it's been a good reflection. I've, I've been able to look, to listen to my music or see what I'm writing about and be like, oh, so this is what's on my mind predominantly. This is what I'm thinking about most of the time. Like, I find myself writing a lot of sad, love songs I know that like okay and I find myself writing a lot of happy love songs and I'm like okay I find myself writing songs spiritual songs and yeah the thing about phases is I remember talking to somebody that's a fan and they were telling me how <laughs> when you go to my music right and then you know how on Spotify it suggests like um it goes like by the same artists or like similar artists or similar songs yeah right? You will find like Big Phil's music under a lot of gospel artists' music, <laughs> a lot of Malaya gospel artists. <laughs> like you find, you <laughs> might find that you know Baraka, you know Suffix, you know the, you know, and phases, phases, because phases. When I wrote, let's say for example, a song like Malodo. Yeah. When I wrote Malodo. It was a time really. I remember my leg was broken, and I had just I set up. I don't even know how to describe, how to paint this picture in your, in your mind. So imagine my leg is broken. So you know how when you break your leg, you have to elevate it, right? Mm. So my leg is broken. So now I have my mic stand over, over me like this. <laughs> <laughs> my, my laptop is on the side here. 
And then I'm only working with one side of my body because it was my right leg and I use my right hand. But then yeah. my laptop was right. So I'm there, I'm recording and I'm, I'm having to sit up. So I'm recording while I'm sitting up and, and I'm there, I'm like recording. <laughs> it was, hey. it was crazy. And I, when I wrote my Lord was because I, I literally, I, I, I would have dreams where I was performing a song or singing a song. And it even, it happened recently where I woke up and in my dream, I was dreaming about a line. Of course, I've forgotten the line now, but I was dreaming about a line. <laughs> and then I ended up like, I was like, where did I get this line? And then I started remembering, wow, I was oh. dreaming. It was, there was, there was so much going on. Like I, when I broke my leg, I, I've, I've, I was still grieving off of uh, losing my mom, which is also, yeah. I, I, I also, there's also a song about that. Yeah. You know, since yeah. you were aware, I so talk about, how I felt. Of course, I feel like there's still a lot, especially that I need to get off my chest in terms of all of that. I still feel like, but over the years, I feel like I've, I've, I've been dealing, if the, if even that's the thing, dealing with grief, I don't think grief is something that you just deal with. I don't think you deal with it. I think it deals with you. I think you, <laughs> you, just, you just have to listen. You just have to listen to it, you know. And it's, it's, it's very present in moments when you're down, moments when you're happy, you know, moments when you accomplish things, you just think, ah, this person should be here. here. Yeah. yeah with moments when you're, when you're happy, moments when you're sad, moments when, you know, it's like, sometimes you remember it and you just remember it, like, just to think, like, it's just, it's just, oh, it's, yeah, they're not here anymore or whatever, you know. So I've, 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 I've coped. Coped. I've had unhealthy phases where I was coping with all these things unhealthily. I've had phases where I was coping with them healthily. You know, for me, I find that when I think this is me circling back to the whole discipline thing, when I'm disciplined and I'm exercising and I'm sober or not abusing substances and stuff, is when I am, is when I do better, I, I deal with these things better, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I sometimes because sometimes it hits. Sometimes I have a song called "Scars," you know, and like scars yeah. do show sometimes. Scars do hurt sometimes, you know. It's, yeah. it's like uh, the, I've had to deal with so many things. Like I like I said when I started answering this question, I was talking about how I feel like there's so much more that I should have achieved by now in my life. Yeah. The way I, I deal with that because I'm like you know what. God's timing is perfect. It's the best perfect timing. So it's, it's, it's perfect, you know. God's timing is perfect. And I'm still here, so it means it's not over. There, there's still, there's still a lot. <coughs> there's still a lot. Yeah. So I have two questions, um, to add more to what you're saying. So you're saying God's timing is perfect. And then mostly you're basically kind of like painting a picture. Kuti. Your path is being created for you. Is it? In the song, in, um, that's how I understood the song. Yeah. Yeah. Like a path is being yeah. created for you. Right? Mm-hmm. So how do you distinguish what path you should go to or like what's your true path that stays within your purpose? Because you speak about purpose a lot as well. One of my favorite lines, rap lines of all time, is a line by a Malawian rapper. His name is AJ. <laughs> he said, 
He said, see the, he said, see the water is only calm. He said, the water is only calm when you are yourself. So it's like a double entendre. So, you know, when you are, like you, when you are in yourself, like are, to are yourself when you're in a boat, boat and yeah. then you're, you're are in yourself with the, with the, with the item. <laughs> so it also means when you are yourself, as when you're being yourself, right? Yeah. That line, if I was to ever get a tattoo, I would tattoo that line on, that line, on my you're... arm or something. Yeah, because every time that I'm not walking in my purpose is when I'm most anxious and I'm most worried and I'm most stressed and things just start to fall apart and stuff like that. So it's when I am in my path is when I feel calm. And that doesn't mean good when I'm in my path or when I'm in my purpose. Things are not going wrong. No, things still go wrong. This is a part of life. But when I'm, when I'm walking in my purpose, when I'm, when I'm living the way I should be living, it's like I'm not even the same field that struggles with anxiety. I'm not like, I'm just me. I'm just there. And things are just happening for me. Some things, even things that are happening, seem to be happening against me are still happening for me. For you, I yeah. take things like that. Yeah. So that's how I know. Like, is, and you know, the song Mose is about not being afraid, mm. not getting tired, being patient. Because those, those niggas waited, bruh. <laughs> Didn't they wait like how long is it? Was it forty years? Was it forty years? This is where forty. All I know is they they waited a very long time, and that's that story is for me. That story is one of the most beautiful stories because there's miracles involved. You know, you know. I see like those the the, the soldiers started chasing after them, mm. and then God like see? flooding them. You know, it was like a, it was like a fire, like a burning bush that was cooking. <laughs> You know, there was the stick. Isn't it the same story with the stick that turned into a snake? Yes. You know? that's a, there was a lot in this story. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot going on in that story. And you know, the time that I wrote that story, the time that I wrote that song, I didn't, I knew the, I knew like the, the, the basics of the story, how it went. But I was actually talking to my friend's mom. And my friend's mom was the one telling me, like, clarifying some of the facts. Like, uh, I would be there, Goody. Uh, I'd be there asking, Goody, Goody, was, what was the, what was Moses talking about? Was it a burning bush? Was it like a, a burning tree? And she would be telling me, you know, like the details and stuff like that. Hey, it was fun writing that song. And that's one of the songs that, uh, it was one of those songs that I wrote really fast as well. You know? So, I, you know, that's one of my best songs. <laughs> For me, in my opinion, that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And do you ever have those moments when, like, you're tired of being a soldier? Like, you're saying, you, like, in soldiers, you guys are saying, man, they're my warriors. But are there times yeah. when you're like, man, I don't want anymore. I just want to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a warrior. I don't have any soldier left. That's me right now. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? It's not up to me. Okay. Like, <laughs> Hey, sometimes you have to convince yourself. I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw a meme that was like, it was like, um, this, 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 this meme was talking to, to Jesus, huh? And then he was like, I I've had enough battles. 
I know I'm a stronger soldier. Now <laughs> you should give me you should give me a war within myself that will either kill me or set me free. <laughs> and I was like, yes, let's go. You know, like I'm ready. Like, uh, but at the end of the day, okay, what can you do about it? Like, okay, this the the only other option is to give up, which for me I don't think is is something that I sometimes I think about it. I'm like. You know, sometimes you get those dark thoughts. You know, yeah. this conversation is taking a very dark turn. But like, sometimes you get those dark thoughts. So you're like, you know what? I'm tired of this life. You know, but like, I'm like, nah, I can't. At the same time, something keeps me going, and I'm like, if not, then let's go. At least let's let's make this a very cinematic battle. Let's fight, Let's go. <laughs> Either it's gonna kill you or it's gonna set you free. That's it. <laughs> hey. So um so let's speak about sentinazi right so okay so phrases like limbantima and take heart all those type of phrases do they really help when people tell you that because I, at the beginning you did say good someone telling you things everything happens for a reason doesn't sound nice at the beginning when some i mean when you're experiencing it but, no mm, phrases yeah. phrases is is probably the only song that I've ever not phases, Sinden and Tim. Probably the only song that I've ever written. So the way I wrote that song, I also wrote that song really quickly. I wrote that song maybe in three hours or something like that. Yeah. And I remember uh Yamzi sent me the beat. That beat originally Yamzi emailed it to to Guamba. He emailed mm. it to Guamba, but then Guamba never got back to him. Guamba was just asking for beats from random people. So I guess maybe he never opened the email Maybe he received too many. Didn't get to hear that one or whatever. But then Yamzi sent it to me and I was like, bruh, you know, I don't care if Gomba's going to use this beat or not. Me, this beat is totally amazing. Yeah. And I'm using it. Like, even if I don't release the song, I'm just going to write it because I feel like this beat has tapped into something that has been on my chest and I need to, I need to get it out. So I remember that day my friends were going out and they came to my room for pre-drinks this is in cape town and they before they came they had called me and i said we're gonna come this is in the morning huh? they called me we're gonna come through at like around three so i was there i was there i was writing the song and i remember tears just started coming out of my eyes yeah. i just did cry but i really didn't want to forget the song so and then my friends were coming through and i had to go shower and i remember taking my speaker playing the beat on repeat and being in the shower and as I was showering I was finishing the song and I finished that song in the shower mm. and I went back in my room and I recorded the hook and I recorded the verse I recorded the hook and the first verse and then my friends showed up and then I was like you know what you guys can go out without me and yeah. I finished it and then it was it's like so to answer your question about the phrases, the, the, the phrase, the phrases, those phrases, when you are really in that place, when you're really in that dark place, they really do hit. They, you really can grasp them. If they're coming from people, I don't even know how to put it. If they're coming from, if they're in the right context, you hear that and you're like, you know what? I feel like this is what I needed to hear. You know, like if you're in that place, cause I remember, when I wrote that song before, uh, before I dropped phases, I came back to Malawi. And then there was a friend of mine who had also 
lost his mom. Yeah. And so we sat in the car. Um and I played him the the the, the, the tape. You know, and he's big actually he was a fan before he was a friend. And then it happened that when I moved to Els, he was sitting, he was staying next door to me. Right? So yeah. I remember he was always he was always asking me, I say, drop the tape, drop the tape. So me and him, I lost my mom and then he lost his mom maybe I think four months later or five months later or something like that. So um we were there and then so I played it the tape. So you know Sindhan Adiwe, I think it should be the second last song. Yes. If I'm not Third yeah, I mean if you count Voodoo the acoustic version as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah. So it's basically yeah. Anyways. So I played, I played them and then before I played the song, I knew that like I had to I had to I had to like brace him because I had to tell him like yo, so this next song but the play is very deep. I wrote this song. It's about how I felt when I when I lost my mom and stuff like that. And I played this song for him. And then he started crying. Like he tears just started coming out of his eyes and you know it was like a, a moment of like I, when I wrote the song, that's how I felt. The way he felt in that moment when I wrote the song and I was listening back to it is how I felt because I was like, yeah, like I needed, sometimes the, the, the words do land. Sometimes those words, those cliche phrases do land. Do land. Okay. Like sometimes when you, when you really put them in the right context, when you're not just, when they're sincere. Yeah. It's the sincerity of the, of the phrase. You're telling somebody, you could, you know, you just, you, you, you should be strong. You should hold on. Like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. And especially like for, for me, when I listen to like Erin Juji, uh, I, I get that, that feeling that Ellen Juji can say certain words. And if, when they're put around the, when, when everything that has been said and those words are there as well, they make sense and you understand that they empower you. you yeah. Know? It's, it's the whole, when you hear things from, from, from sort of your heroes or, or people that you look up to or people that you're fans of. And you're like, this person, it means a lot coming from a certain place. When it comes from a certain place, things mean more when they come from a certain place. Sometimes I write lines and I'm like, this is such a cliche. But then it's you will meet somebody. You will meet somebody out there that will be like, I say, hey, that song got me through the most. Exactly. You know? Some people will find it cliche, but that message is for someone out there. Someone mm-hmm. out there needs that. Someone out, out there needs to hear that things happen for a reason. Someone out there needs to hear the words be, be strong. Yeah. You know? Someone out there needs to hear that you, you love them, you care about them, you know? It's all, all of this stuff. Like, when it means a lot coming from someone. And, okay, how do you grasp the concept the Lord takes and he gives? Because we always say that, but I feel like you're one of the people that you really had to understand that, okay, God really gives, but he can also take. And how did you fully grasp that? I think in that moment, like I said, when I was writing that song, I was in tears, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, Kudi, I know everyone, everyone says, everyone says, uh, uh, everyone, everyone's mom is amazing. 
everyone's mom's amazing, no? Everyone mm. says how my mom's amazing, no? But my mom, my mom was an amazing person. My mom was a very generous person. She was actually too generous. It wasn't healthy. Like, my mom was the type of person that would overextend her hands to help somebody, you know? And she was the kindest person and she was the sweetest person. She was a very loving person, you know? She was, she was God given is how I would, how I, how I learned to describe the type of person that she was. She was, she was a, she was a God given person and so she was somebody that God gave and then God also took. And I truly understand, like God he gives and he takes, you know? And, we have no say in it and the reason why he does it we still don't know i still don't know i have i have i have no idea because yes i guess there's there's lessons that you learn you become there's 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 a lot of gratitude in that line as well in the way where the way i was saying it was a lot of gratitude because i felt so lucky to have the mom that i had yeah taken away it felt also like yo like i even felt even luckier at the same time i was like i feel luckier because of my pain and how much i got to witness Such... a lot of people a lot of people coming to me and being like yo she was she was she was, she was this and this she meant this and this to me what 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 you know it was like like yeah i was grateful for her when she was there but like I wish I was even more grateful because God gives and he also takes away, you know? So I think since then, I've, I've, I can't say, you can, I can't completely say, well, okay, since I lost my mom, then I've been more grateful. But I, I've, I have been more grateful, but I can't say I've been the most grateful or as grateful as I should be or certain yeah. things. But it's just always a constant reminder that I need to be grateful for the things that I have because as much as I have them, God can also take them away, you know? Like, it doesn't matter how amazing it is. Doesn't matter how much you think you deserve it or how much you think you're you're old. It's losing my mom, really. And I was, I, I told my friends this without trying to make it a a dark or morbid conversation. I told them that like, you know how sometimes you get to a point with your parents where them constantly checking on you or whether you where you have to have some awkward conversations. You know, yeah. Like, so then you resort to just maybe distancing yourself. So for me, when I when I lost my mom, it really made me realize that like, make the most of whatever it is in that time, because you don't know. People are like, people people say things like, ah, I don't really talk to my dad much because we have nothing to talk about, bruh. I say, you know, after I lost my mom, it's to the point that like, I don't think there's a person in my life that I can't have a conversation with because it's awkward or. I will talk to you about I don't know grass about I'll talk to you about yeah anything. as long as it just means we're talking as long as we have that time we we have this limited time together here even if it's somebody that I've just met on a bus or on a flight or in in, in the bank you know that's like you don't know you you don't know whether you're gonna meet that person again you you, you might that person like you don't know the significance of the conversation that you're gonna have with that person like it brought out this whole side of me where now i'm like i think i appreciate people a lot uh, even people as long as you're in my life somehow somewhere 
So yeah, that's what that phrase for me. That's what it boils down to for me. That phrase: God takes and God gives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I've told you before that Faces is just a spiritual album. I don't think yeah. any of us expected it. You announced Faces that is coming out, but when it came out, bruh, I was blown away. I was just listening mm. to it and I was just like, wow. Faces. Yeah. I really enjoyed making that project, you know. Faces, Faith, the song Faith. Yeah. I made, that, that's the first song I recorded when I, when I got to Cape Town. And I made, when I made Faith, I felt like I, I was giving myself something that I needed, which was faith. I need to believe in myself that I'm here and that I'm going to be able to do what I, what I came here to do. You know, it's been hard. It's been hard since then, but like, I still feel like that song played an important part. It's the first song I recorded. I remember my, my leg was still broken when I was recording that song. Okay. So faith, um, it's basically used to speaking about how it's in the word. You have faith in yourself. You believe you can do, you're going to do more. And yeah. um, and you also say how like when people give you flowers, accept them, but don't don't dwell so much on the flowers because people do change, and it's mm. not gonna be yeah. So how do you deal with people switching up on you? Like for example, they show you love one minute and then the next time, it's as if like you weren't just saying how much you loved my music or you weren't just saying how talented I am. And another question mm. that I do have is, do you think people have given you your flowers? I was talking to, I, I was, I was, I was, no, I was tweeting this other day. And then I was tweeting about how there was a day I was recording. I was outside. I was mixing a song, a song on my next project. It's called Gamdo, Gamdoti. Mm. And the guy, the next day, the guy texted me. He's like, I say, he's like, Bana, you know my He's like, can you send me that song? He sent me that song. I'm like, ah, it's not finished. You know, the guy in Abuda, like, and then after that, I didn't send it. And then he texted me again another day. He's like, ah, please, I can't, I can't get that song out of my head. I need, I need that song. Like, I need to be like, you know? And then I remember Wendy, Wendy said this thing. Wendy, the poet, she said this thing. She was like, I'm glad that you're getting your flowers from the most unexpected gardens. Mm. And I feel like that's been, that's been it for me. Like, I really do get my flowers from the most unexpected gardens. Parents, you know, People that I never expected, like, you hear my, would hear my voice. So, I feel like, I feel like I have received my flowers, you know? And people may think that it's me minimizing my ambition, but I feel like I've received my flowers, everything else. I'm, 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 I'm content, but not complacent. Yeah. I still know that there's a lot more people that I could reach out there, right? But, I've had some serious conversations with people telling me how much, like, people would tell me that, like, yo, I was outside, I was outside the, I was outside of the country and I was, I was so, I was so depressed. Mm. And your song, like, for you and yours, I was going through a breakup, but I, I had for you and yours on repeat. It's, it's now at the point where I'm like, yeah, um, Use me wherever else I want. I should be used wherever else I need to touch. Yeah, I should go there and touch. I pray that that's that's what's gonna happen. I touch the souls and the lives of the people that I'm meant to touch. Out there, I get love. You know, when someone switches up, there's this guy that I started making music. He was like, he was like my executive producer. 
right? Mm. But he was very, he was very one-minded. If that's the thing. But he was very stuck on these ideas of the way a song should be, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'll say uh, he was very sorry. I got distracted. He was. He was very. He had this idea of what he, music should be done in a certain way. Music should be made in a certain way, right? Mm. And then, at first, he was very good. He gave me a lot of guidance and stuff like that. But then I started to outgrow him. And as I started to outgrow him, sometimes wouldn't agree on certain ideas. But I'd be like, I say. But this is a good idea. I like this though. Mm. So just trust me. And then after that, it's like he became a hater. Because every time I'll do something that he doesn't agree with, he, people would love it, but then he would hate. You know, then I, I but then it, for me, I think if he was me, it excites me. Mm. <laughs> it excites me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you have to have haters. Like, it excites me. When people switch up and they still go on to, to, to do well, it excites me. I live for those days because I'm, I'm low key a petty person, you know, but I like to be petty. I like to be petty in a fair way. It should be a fair, a fair petty off. It should be understandable. <laughs> the reason why I'm petty. <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't have to be petty to be petty. Like, you should just see me, you should just see me flourish. You know, exactly. and I should just be there. I should just be there to see you and see what you're gonna say next. <laughs> That's my level of pettiness. So yeah, it does happen when people switch up on you. Mm. Okay, so you perform a lot, right? If yeah, I'm correct, because yeah. I've seen that you perform a lot. So, mm. what do you enjoy most about performing? And have you had like unique experiences when you're like, yeah, this this experience is one for the books. So there was a, a performance uh, I had Wafe, right? Mm. And that time Ta was still managing me. So Ta didn't watch the performance, but she was listening, right? Mm. And <laughs> I performed after Eddie Juji. And you know, I performed and the crowd, the crowd liked it, but it sounded horrible. <laughs> and as soon as after I finished performing, I left. I was so sad. That's one of my favorite performances. I like that. It really jacked me up. <laughs> like, it woke me up. Because <laughs> I was like, no way. I was like, that's when I realized that like you can't always judge off of how the, the crowd reacts. I mean, it's very important. The crowd is the main, the main issue, right? Mm-hmm. But you can get complacent and think you're killing it when the crowd is just feeling you because they like you or they, mm-hmm. they love the song already. You know, uh, or maybe the way you carry yourself on stage. So that's one of them. And then there's another one that I really loved. And Tao was also there for that performance. And that one, she watched that one. And it was, this was before I had dropped Tasegelela. And I performed Tasegelela. And the thing is, I used to hate, excuse me, I used to hate performing that song because I feel like when I go from the hook to the, to the, so the verse, the energy drops through the crowd, like kind of dies down, right? Yeah. And then I performed it at Summer Jam. And they made me perform it three times. The video is on my thing. <laughs> the video is on my TikTok. <laughs> on my TikTok. They made me perform it three times. And the third time I performed it, I was so tired and I was sweating. I only performed half of it. I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. And, uh, and I left the stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's nice performing. It's nice when you perform and you see that people have enjoyed the performance. And people have loved it. You've brought the energy to the place or you've matched whatever energy was there. Um, uh, I also like, I like when I perform and then I look nice on stage. That's what mm. I do. That's the important thing, isn't it? <laughs> when I look nice, when I'm on stage, I go see the pictures that people took of me or the videos and I'm like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I look nice. You're like, yes. I like it. Uh, I, I like, like it. it. I like it. Okay. Mm, oh my god! Okay. How do you pre- mm. uh, prepare? And what's like your dream venue that you're trying to like? But one day, let me just perform on this stage. I think it's gonna have to be a stage setup that I've made myself. Mm. Yeah, like I saw Praise Umali did a thing recently, and of course the the the, the room, the room, they 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 had a bit of a sound problem with the room, but then. The, the stage was beautiful and the setup was nice and everybody had a good time and I would like to do something like that give people a very unique experience you know so I would like to have like a sort of like I don't know I don't know how I can put it but it would have to be if you have right now when I when I see it when I envision it in my mind that's it's like 500 people and it's like uh it's it, I, I can see it in my mind but like it would have to be very custom it would have to be a very custom experience you know, it has to be something that because you know you can go to shows, but I want to perform at a show where people go to, and then randomly on a on a on a on a Wednesday, they they are at the dentist waiting for their turn, and then they just get a flashback. But damn, the time was nice, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's my that's my dream performance. The performance people will be like, hey, nah, but that that hey nah, but that was people should just be like hey, but that was that. That was that was that was an experience. Yeah. Um so how do you prepare for a show? How 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 is the planning like? And who do you have to speak to and all that for you to be able to really okay, I'm gonna perform. And what is like um what are the non negotiables that you're gonna that you're looking for when you're about to perform for someone or I mean for a specific event and all that, it depends on the venue. It depends on the the certain crowds that I don't think I'm ready for yet. Like what? You know, like there's a certain Malawian crowd that is very aggressive, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they and they have their stars, and you really have to break into that market for you to be one of them. You know, so yeah, those are the those are the I think. Non negotiable was like you have to it has to be organized. You can't cut my set. I remember once I went to perform somewhere and they paid me really nice, but then they ended up cutting my set and I was very annoyed, you know. Mm. Yeah. So those are the non negotiables. You can't cut my set. You can't the if if I come and I do sound check and the sound is not normal, it's not proper, I'm not gonna do the show. Yeah. It has the sound has to be solid. Um what else? So before I perform, I like to look at myself in the mirror because it brings me to the present moment. Because <laughs> sometimes I've got this thing where I can go to a place to perform and not get nervous and I ended up messing up. But then when I look into myself in the mirror, I feel like I kinda start giving myself a little bit of 
And then yeah. the nerves, the nerves make me perform more cautiously. I'm more cautious with the way that I'm doing things. Like also nowadays, I don't drink or anything before. Yeah, sure. Before before performances, yeah, I mm. think I like to be so. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. And what does you in your zone look like? Go deeper. No one day, big feels in the zone. Like you can't take him out. In my zone, when I'm in my zone in the studio, it's usually, bruh, I won't eat, I won't get up to go pee. Serious. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there just, ish, hyper focused. Yeah. On whatever I'm doing. Uh, before I show, I don't like when too many people come talk to me, especially right before I go perform. Yeah. And I don't like people coming giving me pep talks. What what? I don't like that stuff. Okay, you should have given me that pep talk a day before. <laughs> oh, when I was practicing, oh, when I was practicing, but I'm about to go on stage, and then you want to give me so many things to think about. <laughs> You're just disturbing mm. me. You just disturbing me. Uh, right, like okay, so you have a project called Bolt from 2019. Yeah. Right, and the, the, I don't know for some reason this performance. Um, the performance questions actually came from that album. I don't know what it is when I was listening uh-huh. to that album, but as you say, you like an organized set, right? Yeah. Okay, so before I even ask my question, do you believe in destiny? Do I believe in destiny? Yes, I think I do. Okay, you do. And you also uh-huh. sound like a person that plans a lot, right? So how do yeah. you like balance planning and <laughs> Knowing that everything will happen the way it's supposed to at the end of the day. Uh, I, I, I had this conversation with somebody very recently. Where I was telling them that like one of my biggest weaknesses is that when I plan something and one little thing doesn't happen the way I planned it, I end up abandoning the whole plan. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> <laughs> so, so recently I've learned that, you know what? Just go. I've, I've seen that a lot of people that really achieve things. It's not like they always have it together. It's not like mm-hmm. everything is always put together. Uh-uh. It's just that when things don't go their way, they still show up. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what's happening behind, but when it's time to show people, when it's time to showcase what you've been doing, they'll show up. They'll show up even unprepared. They'll show up, they'll show up prepared. They'll show up unprepared. They'll show up nervous. They'll show up scared. They'll show up insecure. They'll show up when uncomfortable but they will show up and i think that's what makes winners because sometimes you could you could have all these things going on but you show up and nobody knows nobody will ever find out that you had all of those things going on and you won at the end of the day you won nobody knows that uh he was meant to perform this song but then it wasn't working so they had to remove it last minute you know nobody knows i think that's what i learned that's what i learned from the set that I was telling you, Goody, I went and then I planned my set and I planned to finish it off so strong. Imagine, I planned to perform Morse, right? Yeah. <laughs> I planned to perform Morse last. And I was so hyped, I was so excited for it. And then they cut my set before I performed Morse. And I was so mad. I dropped the mic and I walked off stage. <laughs> I think that time I was in my, I was in my diva. I was in my diva era. I dropped the mic and I walked off stage. Uh, and I went to go to, I went to the stage manager and I shouted at him and I left. 
you know and then but then people told me they enjoyed my performance even though i didn't perform more sense yes, yeah. you know so it's times like that when i look back at times like that i'm like you know what sometimes it's just important to make sure that you show up okay. just trust your dopeness and show up you can plan all you want to see things don't always go up. things don't go, go up to plan so at the beginning you said that if there's one thing that you're sure of and someone asks you what can you quit it's never going to be music we know that life is life right and of course, uh-huh. we have so many obligations that we have to do. We uh-huh. have so many things that we just have to do that we don't necessarily want to do, right? And how how do you balance that? And also, um, how do you balance that with being able to live for, feel, live for yourself, and all that? As in to be to to to, to be responsible in terms of like life itself. Yeah, life itself. To be able to make music, I yes. make a lot less music than I used to now. Mm. Uh, and that's why I was saying that, like, you have to be very efficient as a creative here in Malawi. You have to be, cause you have to make sure you're protecting your energy. Yeah. You have to make sure you're spending your energy wisely. Somebody gave me the analogy of, um, flowers and flower pots, right? Mm-hmm. Or plants. They were like, you have a water, you have water and you have like a water cane, right? And then you have a limited amount of water in that thing. So you can only water so many plants. So you need to choose the plants that you're going to be watering so that those plants grow. You can't water all the plants. So you have yeah. to cut out a lot of things. You have to cut out a lot of things. Like that's why for me now I'm trying to be sober because I'm like, I could in the time that I spend drinking and being hangover, I could be using that time to make music. Like I already don't have enough time for work and music. So now I'm adding in drinking removing that like yeah Yeah, so for now i'm like nah let me remove that maybe in the future if i have more time more freedom maybe the the harder i work the more i i I climb up the ranks the more freedom the more free time that i'll get hopefully maybe i can start adding in these other things but for now i have to cut out a lot of things you know like i have to like social media like the time I spend on social media. So I have to reduce I be, that. Yeah. I have to reduce that. I could be writing a song. You know, uh, I can't just be, uh, I need to get my eight hours of sleep. I can't just stay in bed after that unnecessarily, you know, like I'm the, I'm the type of person goody when I'm, when I'm under pressure and I'm, when I'm going through it and I'm feeling depressed and stuff, I shut down and I'll stay in bed for, for two days, I see. So I don't allow myself to get to that place anymore. You know, I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't have the luxury to be doing this stuff, you know. And for a creative person, you know, a creative person, when you don't create, that's when you, 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 you start to feel a certain way. Yeah. Things don't go like you start to feel down and stuff. Your energy is off when you don't create, especially if you know, Truly, you're pure. You truly created. You have to create. Okay. You know. That's why I say I'll never quit. I'll I'll quit other things before I quit making music. Yes, <laughs> make that clear. Uh-huh. So I was listening to I chose, and it's so crazy. I think among all the music that I could find on Spotify, I realized that I chose was the only one that I had never listened to before. I didn't even know that it existed. And. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most slept on 
Yeah, it's I didn't. Like, you like that was great. Like that one, that that project is very. I didn't expect to find a project like that from your discography. It's very like you in beast mode at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I was really quick hard. Like, was, you're going hard. You're going hard. <laughs> For you and yours was made when I was taking a break from making. I chose. Man, like I chose, and it's long. Everyone, everyone, literally going hard. <laughs> I chose. Yeah. Uh huh. Everybody, like Tuzi, everybody. everybody. Hmm. Yeah. Like you guys are talking about real things in this album. Most of the songs that I, at least on the way I was understanding, most of the songs mm. from the um, album, right? Most of them were like heavily on like mental health and being yeah. overwhelmed. But you guys yes. delivered them with so you delivered them with so much ease. You know, most of the times when people are speaking about how overwhelmed they are, it comes very, it comes off very much like pretentious, pretentious in some sort of way. Pretentious and preachy. It comes yeah, very preachy. Exactly. But you guys, it was like, yeah, I want to listen to this. How did you guys yeah. do that? And how did you have all those people going so hard on this on this project? I don't know how that project is so slept on. I swear, I can't, I, like, I was locked in. That's when those are the days where I used to, I used to work for real. Like, <laughs> I used to, I used to be there, like, I used to put together everything. Like, I, I used to, the, 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 the attention to detail on that project is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, and people just slept on it. And, you know, Rick Rubin said this thing, but sometimes you can make the perfect product, but, Certain things, some things, like, it's like the butterfly effect. Sometimes maybe you just needed this one guy to retweet it and then people were gonna, like, sometimes it's just not your day. Like, you can make the perfect thing, but if it's not your day, it's not your day. So I think that's the case that I chose. I think I chose it's just gonna be that one project where certain people know about it and they know and what it was. And, but then the, the, the most, the majority of my fans don't know anything about that project. I, like, I didn't, I was even like, what? For just two albums in 2018, I was shocked. Imagine. I was like, Imagine. what? <laughs> That's a lot, man. I, That's a lot. That was the time, but that time I used to make at least, maybe I'd make like a hundred songs a year. 2018, 2019, 2017, 2017, 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. I would make a hundred songs a year. A hundred, and then the number started to drop from twenty twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. And you've been telling us that this is your journey. No one can tell you what to do with your journey. Since I feel like yeah. every album you produce, there's always that underlining. But in this album, you emph- emphasize that, guys. When I chose, yeah. yeah when I chose, it was really like this is this this is what I do. This is what I yeah. do. You're competing with uh, yourself. And yeah. Like moments when you saw yourself like. Comparing yourself with other people and you're like, and how did you remind yourself, Kudina? Remember, this is doing this for yourself. Comparison. Yes. Comparison. I have been a victim of comparison, especially in this day and age of like trends and waves and all of this stuff. You know, like I, I see, I remember there was a time when I didn't release for a really long time. Because I, I didn't feel like myself because I felt like I was making music. I was trying to make music that I wanted. I wanted the music to be popular. Yeah. I was trying to make, I was trying to make popular songs. And it's not like I was bad at it. No, but I just, it didn't feel right. It always felt very cringe. Like I, I could feel like, you know, that thing, Kuri, 
you can convince everybody in the room that you're not lying. But for as long as you know that you're lying, you it's, know that you're lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're never going to believe in it. Like, okay, you can convince everyone in the room to believe in it, but as long as you don't believe in it, you don't believe in it. There's songs that people are mad at me to the day. I say, why didn't you release this song? Why didn't you release this song? I'm like, I know you guys think this is dope, but trust me, this is not the real me. I only did this because I saw that everybody was doing drill. So I also wanted to do drill. Oh, well, I saw that everybody was doing this type of music, you know, so I also wanted to do that type of music, but it's not me. And it doesn't feel like me. And it doesn't feel like, and I know I'll release it and it'll do well. But then, what happens after that? Then? What happens when that wave dies down? I'm also going to die down with the wave, you know? I don't, I, I've never wanted that for myself. There's, there's a saying that we're going to see who is swimming naked. Uh, when the tide rolls back, we're going to see who's swimming naked. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. When the wave dies down, that's when you see but, uh, yeah. these people are swimming naked. Uh, the water has gone down. <laughs> no. You can see everything now. Now, now they're exposed. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to be a victim of that. So comparison has always been there. Like I've seen people, I've seen artists who used to look up to me, and then they used to look at me because of the numbers that I had, and add the music, right? Mm-hmm. But then. Now they started making music and it just happened that the type of make music that they were making is really popping at that time. Yeah. And then they have now surpassed me in terms of num- numbers. And I remember I used to be bothered by that. I used to be like, why is this not happening to me? Then, then I, I understood it's their time. And the best I can do is be supportive of them in their time because that's what I will, I will also want from them when my time comes, you know? Like, it's not like, I had to tell myself that, like, it's not like you're making bad music. It's just that this is not the music that's attracting the masses right now. And that's okay. You know? Um, I, I was talking to uh, Dango the other day and he was telling me, that he was saying this thing that, like, if he was, a, if like, as an artist, you should just be satisfied with the role you play in the industry and that should be enough. It shouldn't matter about blowing up or getting a lot of listeners and numbers and stuff like that. For as long as you're serving your purpose in the industry, for as long as you're serving your purpose at all, that should be enough. And once I, as, as soon as I heard that, that's when I really, I felt really motivated to put out this next project that I'm about to put out. The next project. So how do you navigate to the music industry, especially in this age of technology? And I also wanted to ask, like, is like, does the, how does the music industry look like in Malawi? Right? Mm. Yeah. So it took yeah. The, the music industry now looks a lot different from the music industry, let's say three, four years ago. Yeah. It's changing really fast. Because now we've seen that with proper marketing, people can really make an impact. Like you've seen, we've seen what Ellen Juji has done. Yeah. We've seen what Driemo has done. We've seen what, um, we've seen what, uh, Zeze is doing. We've seen, there's so many examples. Like nowadays, a star can be born at any time. There's so many, layers to it now our industry actually has layers now because there's people like mazani yeah i know 
He's yeah. a brilliant artist. And then there's people like Crispy Malawi, Pop Young. And I'm not grouping these people together. These are just examples of like, Yeah, examples of people way, doing like, big things. Yeah. yeah, people doing it. You know, people doing it. And there's people that there's people that are doing it. And their fans will tell you that this is my goat. Like, I'm telling you, Crispy Malawi's fans will tell you that this is the best rapper in Malawi. But then you go... I bet you don't even know who Crispy Malawi is. I don't. I've just been, I just want to, like, imagine. But if you go and you find somebody that's a Crispy Malawi fan, they'll tell you that this kid is the goat. Pop Young right now has got a hit. You find kids like Mercha, this Mercha guy, he did this Naji Torreira song. That song was a hit. You, 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 it's like, right now there's so much. And I think... The sooner we realize that we can have more than one superstar in Malawi is when our industry will really start to pop. Because right now, the the numbers are getting, they're going up there. Because right now you can mention like Enenjuji, Driemo, Zeze in the same same breath, like they can be on the same stages and pull the same sort of crowds, like the same sort of like number of crowds, you know. And I'm I'm not saying that I I've got this thing figured out. This this is just the way that I see it, right? Yeah. But then we need to get to a point where, like, if you go to Nigeria, right? How many superstars from Nigeria can you mention right now? Mm-hmm. Ira Star, Thames, Elema, so many, so many, so many. That plays a big role because now look, the industry gets it, more it, it money grows. like that. Yeah. Get more money. There's more money circulating like that. There's enough money for all of us. That's what people also don't understand. Like, you can have Zeze is performing in Zuzu. That same night, Ellen Yuji is performing in Blanta. That same night, Dream was performing in Lilongwe. That same night, Pop Young is, is performing in Mangoji. And all of these are big, big, massive shows. You know? That way, even organizers won't be fighting for acts. And then, under Zeze, you've got all these, like, upcoming artists that are also really hot that are performing under him and under Pop Young like that, like that, like that, like that. And all these cities are popping. One night, one weekend in Malawi, you have shows in Zomba and all of this stuff. I feel like once we get to that point, we're getting it and I can see it happening, but there's still a long way. There's still a lot to be done. There's still a lot of like, people need to invest in like venues and stuff like nice venues, nice equipment, you know, the facilities should be there for people to be able to do these things, you know. So yeah, there's, a, there's, a, I have a lot of hope. From what you're describing, man, I see it looks like it's going to be. I mean, yeah, since they were growing, because I, you know, the fact I didn't even know these artists, most of the artists that you just mentioned. And course, that's my fault. <laughs> that's my fault. That's you my see, fault. you see what I'm saying. You see, yeah. I'm here's you. Who knows me? But you don't know most of these artists that have mentioned these artists hey. that are way bigger than me. <laughs> like, I don't know that. Why? Where is that? You see, so it's mm. like we need to we need to exp- we need to respect that. Yeah, we need to do better. Like even ask yeah. people that are outside. Like because I know that um, there used to be moments. Not even more than a year ago, where people would ask me, play one Malawian song. You couldn't, I literally couldn't. Very uninformed people. And I know, mm. I know one of the reasons that is, is because a lot of, 
Malawian songs at the time when I started university, like right, mm. they weren't on streaming platforms. So mm. how do you guys like are, are streaming platforms beneficial to Malawian artists? Do you think they are like my Spotify's Apple Apple Music those things are they beneficial to Malawian artists? Yeah, I, I guess so. I know Dreamer made made a substantial amount of money last year mm. from streaming. Uh, also streaming. The thing about streaming is, you can blow at any time. That yeah. opportunity can come to you at any time, where you have that one chance to go global, right? With the way the world works right now. So if you're not on streaming platforms, people won't find you. Yeah. If you let's say somehow, uh, let, me, let me give an example. Somehow, uh, for some reason, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, let's say for example. Uh, he comes across a TikTok and that TikTok has got your song in the back, right? Maybe somebody made like a compilation of a Cristiano Ronaldo video and it's got your song in the back. And then Cristiano Ronaldo reposted it. And now like hundreds of millions of people are hearing this song, I see. And then they go and look for you on Spotify and they don't find you. That's it. Yes. It's late for you. Yeah. You've missed it. You've missed that chance. So for me, that's why streaming platforms, I, I, I stopped pushing the agenda that, um, put your music on streaming platforms so you get paid. You do get paid, but the streams are very, the, 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 the money that you get is very little. You need a lot of streams to get paid a lot of money. Yeah. You know? So put them there so that the rest People of the world can find you. Yeah. yeah Cause oh, oh, even though those streams are a little edited, Let's say you have like, right now you are the type of artist that's floating on 20,000 streams. Let's see, how much, how much is 20,000 streams? 20,000 streams should be about $200, I think. If that's not even too much. It's about $150. Yeah. So depending on where you are. But let's say, let's say you get 20,000 streams right now and you're floating there and you don't see that as a lot of money. But then one day, your song goes viral, and then you get you get two million streams. I say that's fourteen thousand dollars. That's a lot, right there. Like a Malayan artist, you're getting fourteen thousand dollars off of one song. Uh, but that's a lot of money. That's mm. a lot of money. So for me, just be out there because you never know which which trend is gonna match the title of your song, and then people are gonna end up streaming your song. Or whatever. There's so many ways that your song can blow up that you, you just need to be ready for. So for me, that's why I think streaming is important. The streaming culture is important. And shout out to New Wave Malawi because those guys have done a great job of getting yeah. a lot of artists on, on streaming platforms. Yeah. Nowadays, it's almost even weird now. If you're a Malawian artist, if you're a serious Malawian artist and you're not In on general, a streaming platform. In general, on a streaming platform. No, I can live. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Let's wrap up now. So I just have like, you know, some questions before we wrap up. First, what, what genre would you say your music is? Can you, is, can, can you box yourself? Hey, six years later and I still struggle to answer this question. This is so horrible. <laughs> I'd say, <laughs> I can't say I'm an Afro artist. I can't. I don't, I don't think you are either. I can't say I'm a rapper. You can... Maybe everything. But I do rap. Yes. And I do R&B as well. Yes. But I'm not a singer. 
Uh, that question has always been hard for me. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I've, I've, I've never been able to, to put myself in a box like that. And people used to think, but it's some, it's some, it's some cliche thing that I say to yeah. make myself seem like I'm some advanced creative or whatever. Bruh, I wish I could put myself in a box. It'd be easy. <laughs> It'll be easy. It'll make my life so easy. It'll make my life a lot easier. But some days I feel like rapping. Some days I feel like singing. Some days I feel like doing trap. Some days I feel like doing Afro. Some days I rap in Chijewa. Some days I rap in English. Some days I sing in Chijewa. It's hard for me to put myself in a box. In a box, yeah. To be honest. So, Maybe to just create a name for yourself. Hey, hey, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. You can take, you can single out a song of mine and be like, this song is this genre. But not everything. But not every song, yeah. Not every song, because I literally tried. I was just, I was like, but then what can we say? Big Q's music is. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Okay, so what can you say if somebody tried to describe your music? What is that one description that you'd be like, no, that's not what my music is. I refuse to believe that it's that. I have no control over that. So, like, I have Let's no control over how somebody's going to perceive my music. Let's say I Let's did. Say you did, yeah. That's, what's that one thing you'd be like, no, no way. It's my music promotes, promotes disruptive behavior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, my music... My music is I feel like I don't I don't I don't know how to answer the question to be honest. But you answered if it. Somebody, you yeah. said your music promotes disruptive behavior, that's one thing you didn't accept. No, I wouldn't accept. It promotes violence. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, oh or music or oh, oh, if somebody said okay, yeah. If somebody says visualize in his songs, it doesn't really rap I rap about my real life. <laughs> it's not like I don't have respect for rappers that do this. Rappers that rap about like guns and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, they've never, they've yeah. never put a trigger before. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. If it sounds dope, it sounds dope. But then if somebody said that about me, I'll be like, no, definitely that's not it. Awesome. Uh, Big Phil's music is gangster music. No, it's not gangster music. Gangster music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So, what's the end goal though for your music? Do you have like, or do you have a picture of where you're trying to go? Even if it's not like long term, or maybe let's just oh. minimize it at the end of by the end of this year. What are you yeah. trying to achieve? Okay. Let's so let's start with this year. Hmm. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you now here, but I haven't even I haven't. So if it changes, it's not it my changes. fault. Yeah, <laughs> we actually. Yeah. If it changes, it's not my fault. But like, my next project is called The End of the Beginning. Because I feel like I'm closing a certain chapter. I'm closing a certain chapter to allow myself to grow. Yeah. So, this is the end of the beginning. Everything that you've heard before this was the beginning of me. I was just starting off as an artist. After this, I've started like this, the next step is going to be next level in everything like in terms of because there's so many things that i look back now and i'm like yeah i could have done i give myself 40 out of 100 uh what yeah for what you've from, done now from what yeah from what i've done now because i haven't shot videos 
there's so many things that I haven't done. I've uh, never launched a project. Okay. I've never, there's so many things that I look back and I'm like, okay, I didn't give myself the best shot, the best chance. There's so many things that I could have done better, you know, branding wise, everything. So even after this, I think, not, not to give away too much, but I'm going to rebrand. I'm not saying I'm going to change my name and stuff like that, but things will certainly look different after this. And I'm going to go on a long break. And people are going to have to understand that I need to go on a long break to make sure that certain things in my life are okay so that I can come back and give you guys the best version of myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yep. the end goal for this year. Like, this next project is called the end, the end of, of the beginning. Of the beginning. End of the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, because you've never really been on a long break. I feel like almost every year you've been, you've put out music, which is mm-hmm. hard for a lot of artists. Artists go for like six months, six years without putting uh-huh. out anything. And why do you think that? Yeah. How, how, how have you been, um, able to release a project every year so that people don't forget that? Yeah, Big Feel still exists. I'm a high output artist. Mm. I put out a lot of music. Yeah. I make a lot of music and it's hard for me to hold on to all that music because what happens is it, it all starts with the reason why I make music. I make music because I make it to express myself. So mm-hmm. when I don't put it out, I feel like I haven't expressed myself. So I feel clogged and therefore I, I, I fail to make more music. And because I'm so competitive with myself, I'm always highly, I'm always competing with myself so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> So it's like I have to, I have to, I have to beat myself. So every time I put out music, which is what makes taking a break hard, because as soon as I put out a, a project, as soon as I put out phases, I was thinking this is so trash. I need to put out something better ASAP. What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's because when when you put it out, you put it out after you've already recorded it. So by the time you're listening to it. You're like, you've heard it so many grown. times. You've heard it so many times and you've grown, you've learned from the mistakes you've learned. You've, you, you've practiced just by recording and hearing it. You've practiced so many times. So it's like, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I need, I need, I always need to beat myself. But then now I think I need to give myself the grace, goody. What I've done now, I've made, yeah, yeah. I've made a fair contribution to the culture, you know, so. After this, I need to let myself grow as a person. I need to let myself evolve without putting out music. I need to discover myself on a much, much deeper level. I need to stabilize a lot of things in my life so that I come back and give you guys the best version of myself. And I feel like this is the best way to end the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just one question before Uh I go. How do you find the names of the people? Like Sophie's interlude. How do you decide? <laughs> this is this is the name I want to use for the song. Because I always uh, wanted like artists like. So for me, it's not even that deep. For me, it's not that deep. Sophie's yeah. interlude. Sophie's interlude was when so the same girl that I wrote Banjeri Mata for. Now this is like I'm putting on blast. I see now everybody's gonna know because everybody knows that's her. It's late. <laughs> I've already said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've already said it. But yeah, her and I at that time when I made Sophie's playlist, um, her and I were just talking. We're just having. I didn't even think I was gonna date her at that time. Yeah. We're just talking. 
And then I made this playlist that I wanted it to be somebody's playlist. And it just happened that her middle name was Sophie. So I was like, you know what? Let me just use your middle name. And it wasn't even that deep. It wasn't like, in fact, on Sophie's playlist, there's no songs about Sophie. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's not that deep. It's okay. not that deep. It sounds like it's a bit deep, but okay, cool. It does, though. You see, everybody says that. (laughs) But, okay, everything else is that deep. But for Sophie's playlist... It's not. So this one project, we should realize that, nah, it's not that deep. It was just a name. That time, we we were just friends. That time, we and I were just friends. We were just hanging out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use your name. Okay. Those songs, the songs on Sophie's playlist were made before I even met her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's the end. Thank you I... so much for coming today. Yeah, the chats of the tunes. <laughs> Wanna bring me the ting ting ting?